Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's August. Can you believe it's August? Happy birthday to all the Leos out there, like me. Um, <laughs> my birthday's coming up. And uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in to our last week was a really exciting week. If you missed it, we had Kathy Reichs on on Monday. Uh, talking about Bones and the new Temperance Brennan novel that just came out. So definitely uh, hit us up on Blog Talk, and you can listen to that anytime. And then the next day, I did a special show with a guest host because I had a book out last week. So anyway, last week was very busy. And I hope it, you all have a great reading summer. There's so many good books out this summer. And today we have on author Jenna Green from Canada, and she has some dystopian YA books that are fantastic. And if you haven't met her yet, I will read her bio here for you so you can get to know her. Jenna Green is an elementary school teacher, and when she isn't teaching or writing, she's co-hosting Quill and Ink, a podcast for book lovers with Miranda O. Jenna lives with her husband, daughter, and their cat, Thomas. And you can learn more about her on her website. I did put a link to her site right there. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can click that link anytime and head over to her website. Her book covers are so pretty. Definitely head over there and take a look. And without any more delaying, Jenna, are you there? I am. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's great to have you back on. Congratulations on the new book. Thank you. Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, how did you write a book this year with the pandemic? And I'm like, well, you know, you don't really write a book and then it gets published a day later. There's a whole process to it. But thanks anyway, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, do you want to tell everybody about Renew and why they should go out and grab it right now? Sure. So um, about two years ago, I published a book called Reborn. And that's the first in this series. And so um, we have a girl named Lexel, and she has seven marks on her skin. And uh, this is not a good thing in the society she lives in um, because it, it means she's a reborn, or someone that has lived before and has a connection to the past. Um, and in the society where she lives, they're like, well, hey, how come you get multiple lives and the rest of us only get one? Uh, we want a smooth ride. So she's actually sold into slavery, and it's her penance to kind of um, – toil and service of of the rest of the people um but what we learned pretty uh early on is that uh she's not going to stay a slave for very long there's a young girl who's in trouble and she's going to help her and as the book goes on there's a lot of questions about this reborn myth and whether it's real and she does have special talents and a connection to the past or whether it's just an excuse to enslave a bunch of people and uh just last (laughs) month yeah i know (laughs) And then just last month, the sequel, Renew, uh, came out, and uh, Lexel's reached a point of relative safety, although we learned that nothing is ever perfect. But she's got a guilty conscience in that she's pretty safe right now, and she's not a slave, but there's a whole bunch of people that still are, and there's still this unfairness in society. And so she has to really think about what she can live with um, and what she's willing to sacrifice in order to go and help others. And then, of course, we have 
new characters. We have old characters returning. We have a little bit of a love triangle going on, lots more drama, and far more adventure. So that's the second book called Renew, and it's out now. And does Renew stand on its own, or should people go back and read book one first? I highly recommend reading book one first. The events in the sequel take place just a few weeks after the first one. I mean, you know, I'm a good writer, and I always go back and explain things that happened in the first one because, you know, even if you read the first one, you might have forgot it. But you'll definitely get more depth if you go back and and read the first one. Okay, perfect. And do you see more books for the series? There will be a third. It's already drafted and gone through its first edit. Um, But as all writers know, multiple edits are required. Um, But there'll definitely be a shorter gap between book two and three than there was between book one and, and two in that when book one came out, book two wasn't even written. But now we have a much further along in the process. So the third one's not too far away. Oh, exciting. Is it a trilogy or are you going to keep the series going? It is going to be a trilogy. And I think the ending of the of the final book will really satisfy readers that this story, you know, it's gone on its journey and it's been told and they'll get a sense of completion. Oh, I love it. And I was going to ask you, you already sort of mentioned writing in a pandemic, but you're actually writing like this dystopian world, and then we sort of are living through one. <laughs> how has how has it been for you writing during this? Is it an inspiration, or does it make it tougher, or how are you functioning during all this? Um, you know, I get asked that question a lot, and honestly, it, doesn't, it hasn't changed that much. Um, I'm a pretty chipper person with a positive outlook who writes really dark stuff for some reason. Um, I and But, I, I mean, everyone's like, oh, there's so much more time. But I can't sit and write for six, seven hours. I would go crazy. Um, I, I write maybe an hour in the morning, and an, you know, or an hour in the evening, and then I'm pretty constant about it. So, you know, the hours add up. But all the extra time has kind of made me a little crazy with, not having stuff to do outside of writing. And so I don't I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. I think it probably has affected my writing, but the thing about writing is sometimes you don't always know how external factors have affected your writing until later when you go back and you analyze and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm kind right. of still in the middle of the process. I'm kind of still in that, you know, Yes, there's vaccines, and yes, things are opening up, but still kind of at the tail end of this yeah. thing. So maybe right. in about five years, you'll ask me that question, and I'll have a much, much, much better answer when I've got some distance from it. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, um, since this has been going on, every time authors come on and chat, we always sort of agree that reading about dystopia is much more fun than living through it. <laughs> <laughs> has been yeah, something it's else. hard living through a historical event. Right? Yeah, much more fun to read about it in a book. Yeah, because then I can go eat cookies later. Go to the park. <laughs> right? <laughs> so 
I wanted to ask, I love the myth of the reborn and and that kind of thing. Can they access their previous lives in your books, or is that kind of locked up for them? Um, so we learned in the first book there's these things called wisps, and they're whispers of the past. And, you know, they're kind of like hints and echoes, and if you – can follow and really listen for them you can kind of follow their guidance um, because they have a perspective that maybe you don't and so in the first book that's where Lexel really learns about them and in the second book she's able to attune to them more so it's, it's a source of she doesn't necessarily have any magical powers but there's a source of knowledge that she can tap into that um, maybe others can't Okay, so is there magic in this world or or just the the people who have lived before? There's no magic per se in that, like there's no spells being cast. Um, you know, she can't transform into anything, but there's still a very mystical quality to it. Kind of that low fantasy genre. There are some creatures in there that have that fantastical feel that you know, you definitely don't want to encounter ever, ever, ever. They will suck your soul from your body or steal your innocence. Um, so very, it's, 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 there's no magic powers, but there's definitely magical qualities, if that makes any sense. Okay. Okay. And what inspired the series? When did you get the idea that what if a kid was born and you could tell that they lived before? You know, what what was the impetus behind getting this all going? Well, twofold. First, my freckles, which I hate because I have so many of them. Um, Someone told me they were like angel kisses, and that made me feel nice once. Uh, but yeah, then, my mom used to know, call them beauty marks. Yeah. So you're just so beautiful that you need lots of them. Yeah, and so the second part, I didn't necessarily <laughs> know it at the. I didn't necessarily know the connection at the time, but over the years, I've definitely been able to reflect back. But at the time that I came up with this um, idea for the story, my mom was quite sick with cancer, and. Um, when I was, you know, I wrote half of the book when she was ill, and um, then I took a break, and then I finished the second half after she had passed. And so there's a lot of emotion in there. There's, you can definitely see the connection to, you know, previous lives or people that we've lost. And uh, I feel that this book, more than anything else I've ever written, has a lot more heart and emotion to it. Um, it's, it's, it's still very fast paced and there's a lot of action, but the parts where they're, you know, reflecting on these um, horrible or active circumstances, there's a, just a little tiny bit more depth to, you know, how they, they handle these situations and how they react to them. Yeah, I can, the, as writers, when we go through something um, it almost sometimes bleeds onto the page. You can't, you can't help it. It just it becomes part of you when you lose someone. And that does tend to, at least for me, make characters, um, you know, because the pain is fresh in you, it makes it 
vivid when you put it on the page. You just, you can't help it. And I think that it does resonate with readers because everyone has experienced a loss of some kind. And to be able to feel that from a character, you know, it reflects back on you that you're not alone, right? Well, people always tell writers, they say, write what you know. And, and, there is some truth to that, but when you write fantasy, that gets a little tricky. How do you write right. about dragons? I have never seen one. How do you write about magic? I, I don't have any powers. And so I often, you know, if I'm ever, on the rare occasions I'm asked for writing advice, which is very rare, um, I'll say it's not write what you know, it's write what you feel. In that, um, no, I've never fought a dragon, but I've been scared before. Um, right. No, I've never lost any. I've never lost anyone in battle, but I've had lost. And so, mm-hmm. as long as you keep the emotions real, then it'll all still. It'll there'll be some authenticity to your story. For sure, yeah. And your other series, um, the Imagine series, is that one done? Uh, not quite. And I know I get nagged about this all the time. Why did I start a new series when I wasn't done that one? But the Reborn series, it just, it really spoke to me. It really connected with me. It flowed out of me very easily. And so I just had to follow that journey. My muse was saying, you've got to write this and you can't wait. So I did write the Reborn series. and, And even though it's got some edits left to go technically from the writing point of view, it's done. And so I do have to go back and uh, finish the fourth book in the Imagine series. It was supposed to be a tri- trilogy, but then it decided yeah. to be just a little bit longer. <laughs> so so the fourth book will be the final one in that Imagine series? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about that series? It has such pretty covers. I know. I always – I don't have anything to do with cover design, but – my, I have two different publishers, and both of them get the most amazing cover designers, and it, it makes me very happy, but I can't take any credit for it. But the Imagine <laughs> series is a little bit different. Um, so re, the Reborn Mark series is very much that low fantasy, that dystopian, but the Imagine series is very much that classic fantasy that um, – or sometimes it's called the high fantasy. It's got magic, it's got elves, it's got dwarves. Um, the unique twist to it is that both our heroines, um, a 15-year-old named Kat and a 10-year-old named Becky, they are not from this magical world. They're just regular people that may or may not live on your block. And one day they're taken to the world of Orin, and they're like, hey, you're here now, and you have responsibilities to you know, save this world, so get to it. And that's really all they're told, and they're abandoned in this world, and they're like, um, anyone know anything that's going on? No? And um, you've got one character that totally believes the situation they're in, and you have another character that's like, this cannot be real. And, you know, imagine being flunked into a strange new world. Ordinary things are going to be extraordinary. There's going to be, like, you know, tiny creatures that you think look like a rabbit that may or may not eat you. Um, a tree that you think is just pretty may try to kill you it and then you have to deal with all the extraordinary stuff of yes i have magical powers and i have to learn how to work them and that's not the easiest thing to do and i'm expected to do what <laughs> so it's quite the <laughs> fantastical adventure 
Oh, I love it. And and these are both YA, right? The the characters in it are younger. Absolutely. They're both YA. And um, you know, maybe one day I'll branch out from YA, but I just I really love it. I love what you can do with YA that you can't always do with with adult literature. Sometimes you can, but but there's just so much more with the what ifs that you can explore. What if this happened? What if this happened? And and the YA audience is much more accepting of stuff. If you just say magic exists, they're like, okay. You don't always <laughs> have to explain everything to the nth degree. You just say, this is what happened. And right, so right. You know, things can right. move along a bit faster. Okay. And do you enjoy, when you write YA, you're writing a lot of firsts for the characters because they're younger. Do you enjoy doing that? Having that, I do. You know, I, those I, kind I of work scenes. with children, and I might be teaching elementary now with the young young youngins. But I mean, I spent eleven years in middle school, and and do you think eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen year olds would have everything's still so new? They're experiencing things in a totally different way, and their emotions are different, and they're having to venture out into the world, and and they have such a great sense of humor, and and. They have to grow into adults. And then you take characters who have to grow into adults really quickly and deal with adult situations that, you know, normally would be beyond their capacity to handle. And you get some great scenes and great action and mistakes. And it's just all so raw and poignant. And right? Just, yeah. And they do I mean, have big emotions. Like to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a little drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is it always going to be fantasy, do you think? Or do you think you have a contemporary YA hiding idea hiding somewhere? I do have a contemporary YA. Um, it's gone through a bit of its own journey. It had a publisher, and then the publisher died, unfortunately, and then it got a new oh. publisher. And then they closed shop, and then I tried to self-publish, and then Amazon switched all its stuff. And so, it, I mean, if you if anyone has a copy, it's called Heroin. And if anyone has a copy, it's probably a collector's edition now. Um, <laughs> now, one of these days, I'll have to re- find the time to republish that book. Um, I think if anything's going to change, I might change. Like, I have a picture book in the works. And I might switch genres entirely. I've always wanted to be one of those writers that can, you know, do something in every genre. And so maybe in the next few years that'll be some things I explore. Maybe I'll try a romance or a thriller. Who knows? But YA will always be my first love. And definitely that fantasy or speculative fiction will always be just oh so dear to my heart. Aww. (laughs) So who inspires you when you're reading? Who who do you like to read and you're like, oh, my gosh, I need to go write? You know, what, what gets you fired up to go write? I wish I could say there was, like, one author or, like, two, but it's I, – I change what I read, like, every 10 minutes. Like, right now I'm reading a nonfiction book. I'm rereading Harry Potter. I just started in The Name of the Wind, and I'm probably going to pick up a romance, uh, you know, to reread from my shelves, like – there's no one book or no one author. I'm just storytelling. Storytelling inspires me. 
whether it be it. a book or a movie or just, you know, any story that someone put the effort into creating and telling and developing is just magical, whether it be historical or whether it be factual. I was obsessed with uh, Into Thin Air for most of February and March of this year. I'd never read it before. I'd never picked it up, never heard the story. And then after I read that book, I watched like five documentaries. (laughs) I'm not familiar with that one. What's it about? It's about the 1996 Everest disaster. Who knew, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And before that, I was probably reading some, who knows what I was reading before and after that. I just, my tastes are very eclectic and I just love the art of storytelling. Very cool. So I I know you've been on before, but for people who have who don't know you, do you want to tell everybody really quick what your writing journey looked like? Because you're you're a school teacher and you have this career, but did you always want to be a writer, or did you have a story idea that said you have to write me? Did you write 15 books before you published one? What what did your journey look like? Um, I always wanted to be a writer. I think if you asked me when I was six what I wanted to be when I grew up, it was probably a fairy princess and a writer, and then maybe I wanted to be a zoologist and a writer, and then a you know a teacher and a writer, and then back to a fairy princess again and a writer. It was <laughs> always there. I knew I'd probably have to have a day job, but writer never left. I wrote stories on my mom's old typewriter. You remember, ding. Um, and then, you know, my fourth grade teacher reading them and, and a lot of them were pure crap. And, uh, I was 17, I was just starting university and I, I had like a dream or a vision of a story. Um, and so kind of stayed with me for a year or so. And I remember I was in university and, and, uh, you know, working, but couldn't afford cable. So there's nothing else to do. So I, I wrote a book and it was not good. So I rewrote it, and I did it three or four times, the exact same book. I just wrote it over and over and over again until I got better, and that's the Imagine series. It was rewritten four or five times over ten years, and then it, it got better, and I learned. Oh, I love it. It's not the way that most people should do it. It's not a way I would recommend. Um, I mean, but I started early 2000s. There wasn't a whole lot of Internet back then, and and – you know, you couldn't take online writing courses. I, I was in university getting right. an English degree, so, you know, I had some skills. But right. I just but, you had know, a story and I wanted to is, tell it. Yeah, but the classes don't always the – I'm talking about, you know, higher education classes for writing are usually on mechanics, and it's not necessarily on storytelling. And you really do have to – practice it is a craft and it takes a long time for you to hone that and find your voice and understand the pacing and all that kind of thing and I don't know if there's another way to do it other than you know practice over and over and over I mean there's a reason it takes so long to get you know your first book publishable because we can write complete sentences but it's not actually a compelling story yet you know there's a lot of things about pacing that there's skill to it, but it eventually becomes intuitive. And, and right. I mean, my Imagine series, I'm very proud of it. I, I love the characters. I love the story, and I think I did a good job. 
But the Reborn series, I think, is even better. And I Mm -hmm. think the next series I write will be even better. And I think that's very natural that I will just continue to, you know, everything I write will just be a little bit tighter. It'll just be a little bit crisper, uh, you know, and it'll just, and that's okay that, that that means my first books aren't necessarily my best. They're still good though. And everything will just get better and better and better. And who knows in 50 years, I could make like some Canadian classic. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we all have to have goals. <laughs> That's right. So what? Um, what's next for you? It sounds like you're already editing the final book, but what? What are you planning on writing next? What's next? Yeah. So um, yeah. So the third book. I'm just, you know, editing is a lot of back and forth with the publisher. And so just waiting on some final edits on the third book in the Reborn Mark series. And then, of course, uh, you know, formatting and and all that good stuff. I have a picture book that's almost done that pre-publication process. Yeah, so that'll be coming out. I don't have a date yet. I know. I did not draw anything. I cannot draw. Uh, But. (laughs) I, I wrote it and it's good and I have the proof and I wrote read it to my daughter and she's very astounded that on the back cover uh, there's a picture of me and I have curly hair and I'm wearing makeup. Oh, uh, that's what <laughs> Fancy caught her mom. attention. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a short story that's going to be in an anthology in probably February, and I just kind of did the first draft of another dystopian book um, that. Just an idea that hit me, and uh, I don't know. We'll see what I start writing tonight. I'm ready for a new project, even though I have five on the go already. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Everyone who's listening who likes the Imagine series is like, what? Another dystopian book? (laughs) I know. I will finish it. I I don't know, but with with writing often – the stories choose the author and we just have to write what they tell us to write. So I'm a slave to my muse. Yes. You're a prisoner of your muse. (laughs) Sometimes. So so when, when uh, things start to open up with this um, plague times that we've been in, are you going to be doing any events up there in Canada or are you doing any virtual events or anything that people could come see you? Uh, Next week is, I think it's the 12th, 13th weekend. Um, That's when words collide, which is a huge writing conference out of Calgary, but it was virtual last year and it looks like it'll be virtual again this year. So I'll be online um, with lots of different YA panels um, throughout that weekend. Um, and then oh, beyond cool. that, nothing, nothing's booked. But, yeah, hopefully if more things open up, I'll be able to, you know, see people in person. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to attend the When Words Collide virtual conference, um, do they need to pay for that or can they just show up? Or how, how can people uh, get involved? It's free, but you have to register because, you know, we don't okay. want Zoom bombers and things. So um, right. it's, it's free, but you do have to go to Win Words Collide and register. So you can get the okay. link. Okay. 
Very cool. So anybody who is interested in an online uh, writing conference, definitely give that a, give that one a look because it's a big deal up there in Canada. I always hear a lot of Canadian authors talking about when words collide. So it's definitely worth checking out. And for free, gosh, everybody go sign up. Yeah, it's, it's pretty huge, and it's all genres, all age levels, all types of artists. So it's, yes, it is a big deal up here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, very exciting. I hope that you have fun. Um, we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you, do you communicate with uh, your readers online? Are you on social media, or do you have a newsletter? How can people stay in touch? I don't have a newsletter because I can't keep up with it, but I am <laughs> very active on social media. Um, okay. Uh, so just when you're looking for me on social media, just remember it's Jenna Green with an E on the end. And both my Twitter and TikTok handles are jgreenwrites. But honestly, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, you can Google Quill and Ink Podcast. There I am. You can just search Jenna Green. Papa, there I am. So Facebook. Twitter, TikTok, uh, other places, pretty everything. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I was going to list another one, and now I can't remember what it was, but YouTube, I guess. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, YouTube I like probably. social media. It's fun. It is fun, and it does. It, it's neat because when I was a kid and fell in love with authors, you would have to write a letter, and you would never hear anything back. And now that there's social media, you can just tag someone and go, oh, my gosh, I love this book. And sometimes they like your post, and you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's very cool. Oh, well, thanks so much for being with us today, Jenna. It was great to have you back. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck. Thanks for joining Bye. us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.